Hey, so this is Help Is Not On The Way with uh, Mark Dustin and... Kevin Bauman. So I have a topic today. We got a couple good ones today. I have a topic today. Um, uh, you, probably, you might know a little bit about Norwegian black metal, but uh, maybe you need to know more. Yes, I definitely need to know more. <laughs> <laughs> but first, we got something from you. Yeah. It's... Um, you, you remember, Mark, um, Mrs. O'Leary's cow tipping over the lantern and burning down the city of Chicago. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I guess that's was made up. Really? I mean, the city burned down. <laughs> that part of the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, she did, he did knock over the lamp. <laughs> but nothing happened. Right. <laughs> right, right. She just get mad Mrs. at him. Mrs. O'Leary him. took the took the fall. <laughs> Maybe she wasn't really to blame. Um, and uh but there was there there was a big fire and it did burn down the city. But there was much bigger fire that occurred further north. This was uh, and this, this was on the same. You mentioned this before. This is on the same same night. Same yeah. night. Yep. But it didn't get the press because it wasn't because the, Chicago. It was Chicago. Chicago hogged the spotlight. Took it all. Took all the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. And you know the um, you, we've been dealing with these kinds of some these like apocalyptic smoke filled fire hot summers here in the West. Oh yeah. But in 1871, that was that, like that kind of year, but it wasn't necessarily in the West. It was kind of all over the upper Midwest. And this is kind of a good topic for right now because we're actually in the exact opposite season right now right. of the fires. So we can talk about it without hurting anybody, like make, being too close to home right now because people right now could really use some dry weather, certainly yeah, in so, the West. And maybe maybe a little heat in some places. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it's uh, negative 13 this morning, I think. It sure was. Um it it was, it was uh, so the town that it, this occurred in uh, was Peshtigo, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and this occurred in in a, you know like this fire was much bigger than that, but this is how this fire is referred to, and in in total it burned just this fire alone about one and a half million acres or the size of Connecticut. Oh my god! <laughs> it also it also burned in several towns in Michigan. Um, it was. It was a, a really bad night, to say the least. It was uh, two nights for, for all of these fires, which uh, the Peshtigo fire was part of this, um, what was called the Great uh, Midwest Wildfires mm-hmm. of 1871. And this was, of course, started by Mr. O'Flanagan's chicken, right? You, exactly. The chicken, um, you know, got a hold of a box of matches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As chickens packing. will do. That's right. You got to keep the keep the chickens away from, from your matches. It's kind of like kids. Um on, on October 8th, 1871, um, the town of Peshtigo, which was kind of like this, uh, it was a lumber town. Mm. Uh, it also had a, you know, a railroad that came through like, you know, Most many towns, towns did. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and back then they were not so, um, they were like many industries maybe they didn't do things, uh, the way they should have oh. corners were cut. Yeah. People didn't pay attention to... It's, it's a long time ago, Kevin. People don't do that anymore. They, first, first we learn from our yes, mistakes. Yes, exactly. You know? This this could never happen again. It's not we a thing never anymore. have a, a wildfire of this. Yeah, or uh, like extent. a chemical spill no, or no, yeah, any no, of those no. sorts of things. Yeah, we wouldn't pollute our water. No, nothing no, like that no, anymore. We figured it out. Thank goodness. For our forefathers, we apologize. We're glad. We're grateful for you. To, to you for figuring right. this out so we don't have to deal with yes. this. Yes. Good job, well, I know. Well, you know, we learn from our mistakes. That's right. <laughs> very, very well. Yes. Um, it was, it was, uh, um, it was an unknown cause of the fire. Um, though there are several ideas, even things like com or meteors and comets mm-hmm. and all sorts of craziness. None of that stuff has been proven. And, uh, you know, in, in all likelihood, it's something much more simple than that because there had been fires burning all over the place sure. that summer. Yeah. In fact, the residents, um, were used to ash falling all over and just the smell of fire smoke all the time oh yeah um like so us. they didn't really think anything of it when they went to bed on 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 um, october 8th um little did they know what was to come at the time as i said it was a booming log- logging town near lake michigan so it's north of north of green bay the surrounding area was largely dense forests the logging had attracted immigrants from europe starting in the 1780s um, and uh, Peshtigo had produced a lot of the lumber, supplied a lot of the lumber for the nearby growing city of Chicago. I think it's probably, what, maybe two, three hours south. Um, and unfortunately, that wood was a problem for both Chicago and Peshtigo on this night, since the, the, the cities were largely built of wood. 
Oh, God, yeah, everything, right? Yeah, I mean, now, I mean, you, you, well, you're going to inhale horrifying things if things burn, but right. not, like almost nothing's wood now. Yeah, not nearly as much wood as, much. as there used to be. The upper, uh, the upper Midwest was experiencing a prolonged drought along with high temperatures. Um, and as I had mentioned, the industry wasn't so, mm, they weren't really thinking about what they were doing and how it might impact a fire mm-hmm. or contribute to a fire. They had been doing things like, you know, just clearing lumber into piles and sure. sawdust left yeah, in piles. Yeah, yeah. those um, big slash piles that you see. That now, exactly. you see them, now you see them burning all year round. They just light a little fire in them and they never really burn out. But right, they, yeah. It takes forever see, to that's the, they learn, Mark. Melt They're them smart, down. Right? Yeah, it's burn, more... burn them in controlled yeah, manner yeah. instead of an uncontrolled manner. <laughs> Which, yeah, right. like, yeah. My thinking, though, is they didn't, didn't have to do any controlled burns in this area for a long time mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah, because they burned it all. Sure. In one shot. Yeah, it just like, yeah, it just was. You could you could see you could see for miles. That's after this. right. <laughs> it's pretty flat there, so probably could. Probably <laughs> good. Um, yeah. So uh, sawdust and wood scraps were everywhere. Uh, railroads were were well, in sawdust. If it's packed down right in piles, can self ignite? Is that yeah, I, be- I believe yeah, so. I believe it's it kind of like it's kind of like those grain silos or whatever. Yeah. You get a stuff all crammed in a yeah, tight, tight it, spot. It, enough heat can be generated by the actual pressure. Um, I don't know all the scientific jargon. Doesn't that happen in uh, landfills? Yeah. Stuff can bust because all the stuff is... So much pressure. Right. Yeah. Um, if we're wrong, who cares? We'll edit that out, Kevin. Yes, right. No, we do that. We're, we're going to have our people handle that in post. Oh, yeah, right, right. Our researchers. Our fact checkers. They'll look that right. up and yeah. yeah, they'll fix that in post. No right. problem. Just like everything else we said right. is wrong. This is actually these are actually like Franken edits. Like every like, actually, if you people have no idea, we do this for like seven hours. That's right. Just marathon mm-hmm. sessions, marathon sessions, and it's like a thirty day editing process. Thirty day editing process yeah. costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. You get top people in the world yeah. on this. Top people. That's why I'm so happy when uh, twelve people download it. Yeah, because oh yeah, it well, covers yeah. our costs. Oh yeah, yeah, right. yeah exactly. Yeah, we got it. Hey, you know, this is it's it's uh, we don't, but we're not doing we're doing it for the love of it, Kevin. The right, love of it, the passion. We, uh, yeah, we're not going for qual- uh, quantity. We're going for quality. I almost said it. I almost said that was a Freudian slip. You kind of said we're not going yeah, for quality. Yeah. We're going- Later, we're gonna <laughs> right. we're gonna flip it. <laughs> Later, it's gonna be the opposite. Right. <laughs> in the story. Later in the story. Later in the story. Um, <laughs> most of the buildings were made of woods. Wood as were the sidewalks. And this is a quote. Even the streets were paved in wood chips. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, basically, the entire area was waiting to burst into flames, Mark. <laughs> and with fuel everywhere. Fuel everywhere. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned, the residents went to bed that night not thinking anything of the smell of smoke. Um, when most of them awoke, quote, all hell rode into town on the back of a wind. <laughs> and wind it, yes. i mean that's 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 the uh that's the fire's favorite friend right yes wind uh and and hot temperatures which they had both that's uh true, yeah. fires had been burning for days in the area and while the fires initially were small uh strong 100 mile per hour winds from a low pressure front and cooler temperatures whipped the small fires into larger fires um, and the rising hot air caused more wind, turning the large fires into infernos. And they, and it be, like it, like the whole weather it like creates its own weather. It's like oh yeah, they had they had fire nados. Oh yeah, at least right. that's what the people claimed. Which I wouldn't doubt it. Great movie, I loved that movie. Fire nado. Right. Yeah, As it was it was a tornado. They, it shot fireballs out of right it. instead of the sharks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We always talk about Sharknado based somehow, the, right? Based on the Bestigo fire, right? That's exactly right. How <laughs> it always comes back to Sharknado, Sharknado. which I've never even seen a Me neither. trailer for. By oh, the way. oh, I've watched the trailer. Oh, you have? Maybe yeah. I have. Maybe I have seen you it. With you should watch it. Okay. Uh, while you're telling this story, I'm gonna no, go no, right. no, no. <laughs> go watch. You just keep going, Kevin. I'm gonna go watch Sharknado. <laughs> Sharknado. Uh, the fire is estimated to have reached at least 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh my. An iron fire engine even melted. (laughs) So it was bad. Witnesses reported fire tornadoes and and a fire moving so fast it sounded like, quote, a low rumbling noise like the distant approach of a train. Wow, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I, wow. And, you, hear, you hear just a roaring fire in your fireplace, and, and it roars. Oh, yeah. Are, the, the roaring fire is a thing. I know. Imagine it being an entire inferno. No, and imagine, you know, 
I wonder how many of them knew, oh, I know what this is, or were people just running around not knowing what the heck it was because they'd had all these fires and all these signs of fire, but it never came roaring through town and killed them, right? Yeah, and also it kind of makes me think of, and I'm sure you're going to get to this part, but it it makes me think of like the emergency service. There's no like call out at this Mm -hmm. point to like, hey, tell the guy who lives down that long road who's asleep right now, you need to get up and you need to get out right now. There's no one, there's no emergency services. There's no No. phone alerts. There's none of that stuff. No, the the cell service went down in the fire. So, did. Yeah, yeah, that did happen. Though. Everybody yeah. tried to get on at once and they just couldn't get a call. Yeah, well, they were just watching Netflix. Right. They were Googling how to escape right. Raging Inferno. It was the top Googled thing in <laughs> the area for, for that, that night. That night. <laughs> it was, and it was at night. So, you know, people were sleeping and when this, when this occurred. The, uh, and most of the people, those lucky enough to get out of their burning houses or their whatever building they were in, um, ran to the river along with cows and horses. Mm-hmm. So it was just like every living thing was running into the river yeah, to escape yeah. this this inferno. Some some of them drown or died of hypothermia. So, you know, it's like um, you escape the fire only to only to drown in the river. Drown in the river. One girl reported hanging on to the horn of a cow all night to survive. Family members were separated um, with some living and some dying. Many survived in the river. Uh, though the fire jumped across and burned on the uh, the the uh, Door County, I think it's the peninsula there mm-hmm. where Door County is, as well. It also moved north and and it, this part burned uh, a bunch in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan as well. Um, the rapidly moving fire consumed all the oxygen, and people fleeing re- uh, reportedly burst into flames. <sighs> As they oh, ran. Oh, you're so hot. Yeah. I guess that, well, yeah. 2,000 degrees. Sure, yeah. It's like being next to a lava field. You get close enough, you're just going to... Uh, yeah. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. It's like... Like uh, a marshmallow over, yeah. a, over, over, a, a, over a fireplace. Mm-hmm. You know, a, fi- a, a, a whatever. Campfire. Campfire. Yeah. Um, there was a man... People were made of marshmallows back then. That's right. They were made of just, marshmallows. Just ooze <laughs> they and just turn dri- into a... Many of them just turned into a dripping pile on the ground, which is true, it's but... It's probably they, true, right? They, so that's where the myth that people were made of marshmallows and came you know, from back then came from. Yeah. yeah um, it's kind of <laughs> like uh, the state puff marshmallow man and, um, Oh, it Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters right. and like the moon made of cheese. Yes. These all happen. This is all, this is, this is, we forget to the core of how these things came about, Kevin. Some, somehow these things are outside of, um, uh, of religion. History. But they still came up with history, people history. That's right. This is history. There was a, a man who supposedly carried a woman uh, to safety who he thought it was was his wife, only to learn it wasn't, and uh, or a woman. Yeah, oh, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> some some thought it was the end of the world, which I can I can only imagine. Yeah, Especially yeah. back then, you know. Not yeah. there was probably a lot of you know thoughts about um, you know um, some kind of like Armageddon, some kind oh, of religious, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna you know the, yeah, the you're apocalypse. Be smited. There will be yes. smiting. Will be happening. The the horsemen of the apocalypse yeah. coming down. Uh-huh. And I bet it sounded like the horsemen of the apocalypse with that raging. Oh, I bet. Yeah, and all the the horses all ran into the river. So you know, she's just contributes to the 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 scene there. The town of Peshtigal was gone in an hour. Half the town perished. <sighs> So there was more than more than 300 were buried in a mass grave as there was no one who could identify them. And in, and in total, they think uh, between 1,200 and 2,500 were killed oh that night. Um, another 300 were killed in uh, the Chicago fire and another 500 in the fires in Michigan. And thousands were uh, in the made, same night. Yeah, in the same night. And thousands were made homeless. Um, and only two structures in Peshtigo survived. Um, in fact, uh, from Sunday, the eighth through Tuesday, the 10th, the whole thing, as I mentioned before, became known as the great Midwest wildfires of 1871. Ooh. I like, you know, they put great in front of everything as if this was yeah. great, the great bagel company, right? Imagine, really? imagine the great, remember the great dying when yeah. all the people died. That was so great. <laughs> yeah, the great die off. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was, I remember a year that was the great die off. Yeah. Yeah, right. Hey, there. Yes, absolutely. Everything has everything great was great. Yeah. yeah so but, but, but we, uh, it's it, great. One of those words that most of the time you think, you know, hey, this is like a word. It's like the word awesome. Awesome. It, you're it's in you're in awe of it. 
but it doesn't necessarily mean it's good. No. Like, this is great. Right. You could also be like, this is great. Well, you remember. It's on fire. Um, the Great Molasses Flood. The Great Molasses yeah. Flood. Everything is great. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an overused word. It like is. love. Right. In teen, um, with teenagers. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of places we could go with this that would just get really bad and get us in trouble. So I'm, a lot I'm not going to write. Just like everything in history that was bad, we could just say, put great in front of it. Like the great yeah. podcast, help is not in the way. Right. <laughs> That's with a good one, great right? hosts, Mark, Mark and Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> uh, great. I mean, there was the Great World War. The, the Great, the great the World great, War II. Yeah, the Great War. Yeah, The, the great, great Vietnam War. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. just think about where you could go with this. The Great Civil War. <laughs> this is just great. Right. Yes, I don't want to use that word anymore now. The, the Great Earthquake of I want to like, was, I'm going to steer clear of this word for like two weeks now. The Great Tsunami. We've used it too much <laughs> in our, in like, yeah. It's like a certain amount, there's certain words you should only be able to use a certain amount of time in your life. And I've used it. You, well, maybe just not now. life, but maybe the next week and a half. Right. I'm done. <laughs> You're done. I'm, uh, I'm going to see Alexander do something really great. And I'm going to have to be like, that was really amazing. Amazing. Right. <laughs> right. And so, you know, those fires, that whole complex of fires was the Chicago Fire, the Holland, Michigan Fire, the Port Huron Fire of 1871, the Great Michigan Fire and the Peshtigo Fire to I think that's all of them. Maybe there were more. There were a lot of fires. I know that there's a lot of fire. I mean, you know, you you look back on stuff and you see people I've watched a few things like there's there was one like massive hotel they built in um on on the water in San Francisco outside San Francisco I think in like Big Sur or something like okay. that or something like that or north of LA or mm-hmm. literally on a cliff cliff house it's called or right. something like that it's enormous enormous there's another one too they did this people would invest they build these massive things and it just burned 3 years later oh yeah and then they, then it burned down in 19 you know in whatever it's 18 you know 69 and then they rebuilt it in seven, you know 18 you know, whatever, 74, and that one burned down and it's right. just always burning down. It, it's amazing because I, uh, I can't even count the number of times where I, I'm like, wow, this is such a cool building. And they're like, oh, yeah, this this one replaced the one built 75 years prior that burned down. Burned down. Right. Everything burned down because yeah. everything was made of wood and it just burns down. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Somebody's always, those chickens, always chickens, chickens and their matches. Chickens and matches. Chickens and matches. <laughs> the, the, um... Uh, the the Wisconsin fire was over overshadowed by the Chicago fire, as as we mentioned, because you know that's how Chicago is. They're yeah. always trying to hog the limelight. Yeah, of course, um, yeah. but it's still ma- uh, studied by forest managers and firefighters who use it as an example of bad forestry practices um, and the power of unpredictable wildfires. Which, um, you know, I think there was some obvious things, uh, and then there were some things they could learn that weren't so obvious, like paving the road out of wood chips. I mean, who would have thought? Or yeah. leaving piles of, But it you know, makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's going to soak up some of the water. It's it was probably, probably a muddy mess otherwise, right? And they're right? probably just trying to figure out what to do with all the wood chips, right? Yeah. What do you do all these wood chips? And I, I, I'm surprised. You know, that I, that's probably where um, MDF came from, from, right? That's Yeah. Right? All that, board, yeah, they probably like, were like, what do we do with this wood chips? We're just wasting know. it. Glue it all it together and make a giant block of... Yeah. Yeah. They're actually, you know, using it, but... But uh, now they use it for playgrounds so they can stab people, children's feet with uh, splinters. Oh, yes. That's amazing. That's the new wood chip thing. Well, it, they were doing that for a long time, and then they switched over to that, like, rubber stuff. Yeah. And then they decided the kids were all breathing rubber compounds into their lungs, and it was going to kill them. So they went back to the wood chips. Yeah. Which you don't breathe into your lungs, but it's stabbed through your feet. Right. I've had, I've walked through those with, like, you know, you, you're, you're wearing flip-flops at the, uh, and... At the, at the playground and your kid hurts them and, oh, you're, yeah. and you're, you've taken your flip-flops off and you're sitting there on a chair or whatever and the kid hurts himself and you get up and try to get to them you're or, about or six the, steps in the wood chip goes into your sandals oh, right and just oh, and then you you're, can't oh, step because it's like at an angle oh like, yeah what are you making me foot? think of like some sort of uh, sort of like you know vietnam era war tortured hammering wood chips up your toenail oh oh man yeah that is a good one Mark, <laughs> it's a great one. I think I, I would know. say I would say it was great. You just came Kevin. up with that, isn't it? Did you? <laughs> it's great. It's a great torture device. The great torture device. <laughs> I had just a couple other fun quotes here. I shouldn't say fun. They're they're actually terrible. They're terrible quotes, Mark. <laughs> fun quotes. <laughs> right. Fun fact. Fun Three hundred and fifty people. Right. <laughs> the I mean, this was the most deadly wildfire, and 
they remember we did the um the that um that flood what was it um lewiston or the one that uh, in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, I remember which is, like, it. Wiped out tons of people. Oh yeah, I can't really remember the names of any of these. They things think maybe this was even done. like higher death toll than that, um, which was devastating as well. Uh, I think a movie could combine both together to really come up with the flood and fire. Yes, like you're on one side of the, the, the yeah, like there's a flood over there. Yeah, but there's a fire over, over there. there. What do you do? What do you do? <laughs> um, there was the, uh, the the words that they used to use in these publications back in the day mark i just want i wanted to just read a couple quotes because yeah they, they there was something about the way they spoke mm-hmm. um let me read a couple quote no vestige of human habitation remained in the steaming freezing wretched group crazed by their unutterable terror and despair could but vaguely recognize one another in the murky light of day. It's a total B horror movie, lo- like like logline. Like it's amazing, right? <laughs> it's a total right? synopsis to like, yeah, really, it's really amazing. This one's this one's a terrible one, um, as as in like awful for what these people went through. But mm-hmm. Terrence Kelly, his wife and four children, lived in the upper sugar bush. When the fire came with the terrible wind and smoke, the family became separated. Voices could not be heard above the roar of the fire. Mr. Kelly had a child in his arms, as did Mrs. Kelly. The other two children clung to each other. In search for safety, each group lost track of the others. The next day, Mr. Kelly and a child were found dead nearly a mile from the farm. The mother and child were safe. The other children, a boy and a girl of five... Uh, were found sleeping in each other's arms near the farm. The house, barn, and all the outbuildings had burned to the ground. My God. It's, I mean, thank goodness. That, well, one child died. And that yeah, sounds that, terrible. Obviously, many more died, but then that's in that oh, telling. Yeah. Um, but thank goodness the others were okay. But it's, can you imagine being five years old? And-, that, and that was one of the things that they said was how crazy it was that some like um, a, a train or a, the fire engine could be melted and like 50 feet away, somebody survived. Yeah, Somehow. yeah, that, yeah. You've seen that in California's like the California fire, like the oh, Paradise yeah. Fire and stuff. There'll be like this. There and there's actually one. Isn't there a photo of the the the, the island in I want to say Italy or somewhere where they had a massive um, uh, lava flow or something or fire and and there's like one house that's sitting in a lava field and it's just not touched. Right, and then everything else reason. is gone. Everything else is gone, and it you know. But but the but the great terror uh, for that for me have being a parent is the um, you know I mean it, well obviously any death but like um the fact that, you, that they're getting separated yes you know i mean i oh, think about imagine? that all the time like oh. imagine like if something were to happen how do i get get my kids to me have you ever you know been in me. some like an event a big event or some kind of thing and maybe you're skiing somewhere and and you're like whoa whoa one of the kids is gone oh yeah it's panic. panic it's a panic oh my gosh our friends uh, up here had their their seven-year-old in uh in ski school recently and um then they went to pick her up at the end of the day last run the uh instructor lost her in the woods didn't know he'd lost her till he got to the bottom and they were looking for her and uh hmm. she was okay thank goodness that's terrifying it was terrifying i don't think that is a that's like that's a check mark in the column against that instructor right yeah losing children he was mortified but yes yes losing children losing children is high up on the at the end when they do their evaluations that could very well be the number one don't rule of of any sort of like Like, child care you you don't have to even teach these kids anything just don't lose one don't lose them right at the very least don't lose one what number one is don't let one die number two is don't lose one yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and after that it's like everything else is kind of okay yeah yeah. like yeah really yeah yeah you can let them like whatever anything right they can pee in their pants lose a foot right yeah, that's they can they can eat lose 17 donuts. <laughs> yeah, you can feed him whatever the heck you want. Puke in the car on the way home on the drive down Big <laughs> that's Mountain That's like every birthday party <laughs> right. at a certain age I ever went to. I'd be like, why do they give the kids cake just at the end of the party? Right. Oh, I know why. Right. It's a total plot. Because they They're don't want to deal with it. Send them home with sugared up in the car. That's the plan. <laughs> they don't want them at the party all doped up on sugar. No. <laughs> I'm going to suffer it on the way home. Yeah, absolutely. Right, Daddy! <laughs> All right, Mark, I got one last quote. Okay. I know. We, we, um, then we go dark. With then we go dark. Real dark. Dark metal. Right? Black metal. Black metal. Exactly. Very dark. Dark, dark with black the black is, metal. Black is kind of dark. It is. It is darker, the darkest of colors. It's darker than gray. <laughs> gray metal. Uh, so this quote, this is like from a publication. It's, it's from a publication years later. Um, but uh, Great Fires of 71. And this, this quote really 
kind of starts it off, but it didn't really have much to do with it. But this person, somehow they come up with these quotes. The unforgettable brand which Dr. Holmes placed upon the year 1755 when he wrote, that was the year that Lisbon town saw the earth open and gulp her down. And then they, they say, excites a wish that some genius would invent an appropriately symbolic verbal picture for another disaster year, 1871. Ooh. But anyway, I don't think anybody writes like that anymore. No, it's just, it's sensational, but it's kind of well done sensational. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's 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 a teaser. They're definitely learning the ropes of, but now they just right. they just spout off about everything. I, if I, if I start a TikTok channel, I'm just going to talk like that. Old timey. Oh, no, yeah. Old timey Kevin. And uh, yeah, I'm going to talk like, you know, four score and <laughs> going to keep like a, right. you have a monocle top hat, top hat, <laughs> a watch on a chain. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so uh, we're jumping, um, we're jumping to 1984, sort of starting out in 1984 here. Ooh, 1984. Great year. Or was it? It, it's the year that um, Van Halen's nineteen eighty four came out. Now you know how I know that because it's called, oh, called nineteen eighty four. I was I was thinking I was trying to come up with an answer, Mark. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, you know it's also I mean it's the title of a book. It is the title right? of a book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So absolutely. So um, it, you know it's one of those things that like <clears throat> you read things. You, we even today, even though we've lived long lives, there are times when I'm a little bit surprised stuff happened when it's happened. Yeah. Like, it's like 84? Are you kidding me? Like, I was a kid. I was doing this. Van Halen just put out this. This is what happened. That's what happened. It was like kind of a cool year in music. All this stuff is happening. And yet, in Norway, black metal breaks onto the scene. And you don't hear about it. I didn't even hear about this. Oh, when I was in 1984, when I was... You know, twelve years old, I was totally into it. You were, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember seeing pictures. You very, very dark, wearing corpse paint. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You remember your parents were into it too, right? <laughs> that early adopters. Yes, right. That's what. That's I'm usually on the cutting edge. <laughs> your 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 dad, aka Dark Throne. <laughs> Didn't they? What did they call me, Thor? But the funny thing is, this that this that Dark Throne. You know, Dark Throne's actually, I think, a band. But like, you know, the name like Hellhammer, who was a member of one of the bands and all this. Hellhammer, he's probably a dad now, right? <laughs> it's like, hey, what do you what did you do? You're well, I was Hellhammer, and I was Necro Blaster, you know, whatever. And and they're just normal old parents. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah, like changing diapers, right. <laughs> They're actually maybe grandparents now. I did see a. a this is a, what 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 actually reminded me of this story, uh, is um, well, it was really funny. I, I this came up in I don't know. I actually can't remember exactly why this this sparked in me recently, but I know this story from way way back. This book called Lords of Chaos came out in '97, and I read it probably around then, maybe a couple years after. And it's a really good book. Uh, it's all about the Norwegian black metal scene and uh, in the in this era in the '90s. And um, and um, and somehow that recently crossed my path again. And so I went and I looked for some. I was actually telling my girlfriend about it. She didn't know anything about it. And I was like, "Oh yeah, you got it's crazy, you know, stuff." And so I was looking for some YouTube stuff and some. And I found there's another band now, and it might be Dark Throne. I'm not sure. I don't think that's the name, but. Another band now that started picked up the mantle, and I saw a Vice piece on this guy. Are they Norwegian as well? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. I live in Bergen, Norway. It's like Bergen's like the rainiest city in the world, or something like that. And it's and he this guy lives in this valley. He's it's like it's a really cool. I'll try to remember to send it to you. Um, but uh, but but rewinding back into time, and then I thought of doing it for the show here because help is definitely not on the way for these people, um, except the ones who grew up didn't go to jail ended up being grand are still alive and, yeah and are probably like early grandparents now right. you know or or have like 60 you know, 62 yeah, whatever yeah trying to save for college fund you know right. which i don't know if you have to do it i don't think they have to do that they don't have to do that no. yeah it's the health care and college what's right. that so so this is the story of uh mayhem euronymous uh and the story of 90s norwegian black metal and i will warn you if young listeners I, no big deal if you're in the teens, maybe even 10, a little bit mature 10. You may not want to like run this by a six-year-old yet. Eh, five's fine. They won't understand half of it. <laughs> the ones in the other. The, too, too aware and it gets bad. We, so. It's not awful, but you'll know what I mean. 
give it a listen if you have okay. if you're a little sensitive kids are sensitive so i originally heard of this story as i mentioned uh from the book lords of chaos that came out in 97 all about the norwegian black metal scene and by the way uh around this time i was on tour in europe with a band uh i was traveling in a van in the middle of the night and there was a it was a little later, than, well, pretty close to this, and uh, and I came across an all black metal Norwegian radio station. Oh yeah, like that kind of like that. The was whole like a, radio station. Oh yeah, like all the like twenty. You'd be wake up, you'd be driving in the van at like eight o'clock in the morning, and you're hearing like, and by that, that's the way, that's the type of music. It's essentially unlistenable. Um, it's terribly recorded and virtually unlistenable. It's probably better now, but still, it's pretty awful. Um, and I like huge amount of music you know i love a huge amount and respect and appreciate a huge amount of music i shouldn't say it's unlistenable the recordings are hard um there is some cool stuff to it and but a lot of the politics are awful with some of them i, I do remember your all music guide review of it from back in the day where it said pretty awful pretty awful yeah yeah, yeah. that was it yeah pretty awful uh, although I think metal can be really cool and this sure. some, some of the stuff's okay anyway um moving on um so this sort of surrounds, starts really around with this band named Mayhem and this record store named Helvet um, and a lot of the characters that were around this scene at the time. <clears throat> so Mayhem, uh, they form in, in, in 1984 in a small... Now again, you, you think like uh, when you... By the time we hear about it, this has been going on for... I mean, the book came out 13 years later. This, is, this has been, on, uh, been going on forever even before right. I heard about it. Um, you think you're on the cutting edge and you're like, wow... So 1984, um, this band Mayhem form in a small town called Langus in um, the little south of, Nor of Oslo in Norway. Um, the, this band is one of the founders of Norwegian black metal scene, um, soon to become notorious for their live shows. They are, they're all based around anyone who knows metal knows that the, the I think it was the German 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 band Venom was the they they started metal essentially really just were the first to oh, okay. everyone everything kind of comes back to venom you know what i mean they were the band and even mayhem is named after one of their songs so um it comes more or less from then and so the band and they're like a 70s band you know so the band whose members um adopted sinister names um like uh Euronymous, which is a greek which in greek mythology refers to a supernatural being uh of the netherworld called a daemon which is be which is a being of nature where somewhere between gods and humans and represents the spirit of a rotting corpse dwelling in the underworld. It's got a, a certain kind of warmth to it. There's a know? ring so, yeah, to it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, Euronymous. I, mean, I feel I feel very I would feel comfortable in the presence of Euronymous. Euronymous. Yeah. It doesn't sound No. It sounds much better than the definition. It's like Hieronymus Bosch. You're like, yeah. "Oh, Hieronymus Bosch sounds like an interesting." And then yeah. you see he's like he painted hell scenes oh, with right. the worst <laughs> people being devoured Hieronymus. and it's my friend Hieronymus well, Hieronymus he seems like a nice fellow bringing him home his right. daughter bringing him home to her this is my this is my boyfriend Hieronymus oh you're I hear you're an artist <laughs> this is my boyfriend Hieronymus yes, oh right. I've heard of something like your name you, you're an artist you're a musician I hear right oh yeah I'm sure here's here's a cassette maybe you'd like to give it a listen give it a listen um so the band's first EP was titled Death Crush and was released through, and there's a lot of hypocrisy. You're going to love some okay. of this. Uh, was released through <clears throat> Euronymous's record label called Pork, Poser Corpse Music in conjunction with his black metal record store Helvet, um, which is Norwegian for hell. And it sold the first thousand now copies. That I like. Yeah. Helvet. <laughs> record store called hell. Hell. And I'd like to all, open that. And it's, it's a specialty store. All they sold was black metal. If, if Slow Burn or whatever, no, what's, what, whatever the record store is called. Slow Burn. It. Like if yeah. it goes up for sale again, I'm going to open it. Just call it. Call it Hell. hell yeah. Hell, yeah. Call it, what was it? Deathfish? Yeah, Whitefish, Death Montana. Deathfish, Montana. What the hell? Try to get people store. to stop coming here. Right. Deathfish. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, like, um, uh, so, and so at the, t so at the time, uh, it, there's a, there's a lot of caricature to all of this. They took themselves very seriously, but there is a lot of character, and still to this day, the people who do this do. But you know, they would like they apparently at their shows would um, kick people out if they weren't quote unquote like legit black metal. <laughs> so there'd be like 300 people there, and they'd make them leave if they didn't like having pig flesh thrown at them. You know, like it'd be 50 people left, and they thought that was the cool ones right. who stayed. 
Well, I mean, that's that's a pretty big, pretty, pretty good gig, right? I mean, you get to be be a real jerk to your fans. Yeah, and it right. just makes you even cooler. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're it. like begging for it. Yeah, right. like whip me a gift, yeah. Please, yeah. yes, sir. May I have another? <laughs> now let me kick you in the face again. <laughs> so, um, so, so in the, so their first thousand copies sell out really quickly of this album. So they're actually like you know in, in this in this EP. I mean in this in this world they're pretty hot. In Norway a thou- a sale of a thousand. Yeah, that's pretty decent. Yeah. Right? So uh, in nineteen eighty eight, this guy named Pel. I'm going to do my best to pronounce this. Uh, Pele Pele Ingve Olin. Known by his um, by his stage name Dead, took takes over on vocals. <laughs> stage name Dead. Dead was he was a showman, and he was he would wear corpse paint, which is black. I mean, white face paint with like black eyes, you know, painted around, and he would wear it on and off stage. He apparently is credited with introducing corpse paint to this scene, which uses uh, it to this day. I mean, there's still it's still it's. I mean, it is actually really ominous looking and kind of scary their photos are pretty rad in a, in a startling sense <clears throat> so dead uh dead <laughs> so in addition to sort of like being a showman dead um was known to bury his stage clothes and dig them up to wear at concerts <laughs> so he could have the smell of earth the grave right. on him when he performed <laughs> I mean, this dude's for real, right. right? I mean, this is like he believes this stuff, and he—they're all in, you know. And and there's something a little bit awesome about that too. I won't—I'm I'm laughing, but I'm kind of like, man, for real. I'd go see that when I was like 19, right. 16 years old. I'd be like, I want to go see this guy play. This is amazing. Look, there's still worms on him. Totally. So, um, the band on stage would dipl- display pig and sheep heads on stakes. While Dead was known for, he was also known for cutting himself and with hunting knives and broken glass. So he was a very self, sort of abusive person, um, much like a, a if you know, a, we, have, we should do this guy, an American musician, um, uh, 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 Gigi Allen, if you know him. Mm. Uh, oh, there's a whole, we'll do Gigi Allen. We'll wait a while because. Uh, yeah, he hot was, on the heels of this might be a little too much. Yeah, yeah next we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Dead is um, uh, known for his extremely morbid personality and obsession with death. Like in real life, he was actually a really messed up guy. Uh, he was not healthy. Let's just say um, it wasn't like it wasn't an act for him. He was a really mentally disturbed kid. Um, he keep, he kept dead birds under his bed, often carrying them around with him in a bag, and he would smell them before going on stage so he could, quote, sing, sing with the stench of death in his nostrils. Mm, yes. Acquaintances of the time describe him as intensely introverted and depressed and difficult to befriend and understand. The band all moved to a house in uh, together in, Nor- in Oslo where dead and Euronymous begin getting on one another's nerves. It's a little bit like, I don't... You totally want to have like it's kind of kind of like what we do in the shadows, right? right. Sort of like you know a movie about <laughs> and what's what's the other one, the um, young ones or whatever. Yeah, it's, you want to have right. like a reality show about like you know they're doing dishes. Ah, yeah, wow, who left their dirty dishes in the sink? Euronymous. <laughs> I mean, right? It wasn't me, dead. Who threw out the trash? That was, that was my clothes. Dead, take out right. the trash. My God, that's not trash. Those are my stage clothes. That's right. <laughs> it's like totally. <laughs> we need to have a reality sheet. That's a good one. That is a good one. We keep coming up with them, but yeah. we, we haven't we, done them. We immediately forget about yes. them and do something else. Um, so they're all living in a house together, and Dead and Euronymous begin getting on each other's nerves. Dead once slept sleeps outside in, outside in the woods to protest Euronymous playing what he calls synth music in the house. <laughs> they hate each other. It's like doing Walking on Sunshine. <laughs> <He totally, laughs> it's like, aha, right, you know, take, take on me. On me. And he's like losing his mind, <laughs> smashing things in the house. He goes and sleeps under a tree. That's <laughs> so great. <laughs> so so in nine, in April so okay, so in April 19 here we go. In April 1991, dead commits suicide. Hmm. He's in the house. Um he this is uh like he was, it, he was, he was committed. Let's just say to this, he cuts his wrist, slits his own throat, and then shoots himself. Yikes! Yeah, his suicide note begins. Please excuse the blood. 
uh, and in, and included in his suicide note is a statement that says, nobody will ever understand this, but as a sort of explanation, I am not human. This is only a dream, and soon I will awake. And this is uh, something I want to do as a show, too, because of this. It actually might be the, one of the reasons I came up with this, uh, this concept, because it's thought that Dead may have suffered from a rare condition called Cotard's Syndrome, also known as Walking Corpse Syndrome, wow. which is a psychotic depression where the sufferer has the disillusional belief that they do not exist and, and are instead dead, purifying, um, uh, um, uh, uh, putrefying, or have lost all of their blood or organs. Like he believed, probably believed this. He was already dead. Right. And actually, it's interesting because I don't think I have it in here, but he did say um, in his... Um, uh, he is known to have said, I don't think I wrote this down, that he um, that he doesn't believe that he's here. This is all fake. Like he's not, this is a dream and he'll, I may right. have it in here later. Um, so he, it, it's likely he did have this syndrome. It is a rare syndrome. It's a real thing. Um, <clears throat> when Euronymous discovered the body, he took pictures of the scene before calling police. Um, he went out, actually bought a disposable camera and came Just, back to do wow. it. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and he's pretty callous about the whole thing, apparently. I mean, at the same time, like, that's kind of the deal, right? right. I mean, they're called, you know, Necro Butchers, one of the band members' names, right. and they talk about making their and fans leave. He called they're himself not. dead. He called himself dead. I mean, all of this. So there's this weird, like, sort of rightful in a way, but hypocrisy here where it's like, but you guys embrace this stuff. Well, Euronymous's death, um, his behavior after Dead's death which included capitalizing on the press to elevate Mayhem's image as evil, um, disgusted mem several members of the scene and caused uh, the member of Mayhem, Necro Butcher, I mentioned his name before, right. he quits the band. He's like, you're man, that was my friend. Like, he, right. I like that guy. Why did you... Right. You know, you're all you're being lame light about and, making light of his... Yeah. But this is like our whole deal. Right. You know what I mean, like, the whole deal is about this. It's what we call ourselves. We. It's interesting, right? Because there's... It, it reminds me of the, the, the people who who uh, follow somebody, yeah. And, but they do it because it's fun or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, the, but the, the leader is mad that people aren't taking this seriously yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually kind of like this because one of the one of the um, one of the th ways that Euronymous tried to capitalize on uh, on Dead's death is that he started to claim, at least it's said, that he, the reason Dead killed himself is because of the over-commercialization and consumerism of the black metal scene. He was oh. protesting it, which is of nonsense, because right. all that's doing is digging it in to be like more of an exclusive cool cult right. thing for kids who are like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like, it's, but, but and, and, and I, I, I do dig a lot of metal, but, you know, you, 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 like Metallica, you, you know, whatever you read, you listen even to Metallica, like, and it's like, there's all these morbid imagery, but nobody really wants that. No. They don't want right. death and mayhem and awfulness. They want, like, life, most of them, you know. Right. They just, the imagery is appealing, but when something actually happens, they'll, you'll, like, literally have, and I agree, like, rightfully so, members of the scene going, like, oh, it was a life lost. Right. Yeah, but he, but he was all about like death, like right. it was his whole deal, you know what I mean? So, and, and, and this guy obviously was really sick, and it's sad. But so, um, and Euronymous is clearly, uh, a, you know, a capitalist who's right. maximizing his by claiming not to be a capitalist. Yeah, by doing the opposite. Right. Yeah. yeah, like a lot of people do. Yes. Right, they do the opposite to get exactly really. what they would have done if they'd been in the mainstream. Yeah, I, w I was going to say. I mean, with Metallica, it's like the things they sing about, but then the way they act as businessmen is. Oh right. my God. Watch yeah. some kind of monster. Yeah. yeah. You got what's Lars selling art yeah. and thinking it's cool to show it on to like, oh yeah, man, you just sold a hundred million dollars. Like, what the heck? Like, why am I supposed to be cheerleading you? You're right. kind of an, uh, anyway, and, uh, and I really early years love Metallica, but, um, musically, but, um, okay. So Euronymous, uh, he begins recording the band's next album in 1992. And uh, included is a session musician named Varg Vikernis. And a lot of Lords of Chaos is about Varg. Uh, we're going back into Mayhem more. We won't get too deep into Varg. But Varg is a... He's a, he sucks. Oh. He just sucks. I mean, <laughs> Mayhem, Dead, Euronymous, whatever. These guys are young. They're a little bit dumb. They did some... They got heavy into a dumb scene. and Or not... I shouldn't say it, Heavy into a scene that they took too far at times. Blow, but Varg actually sucks. And maybe they did too, but he definitely sucks. Um, 
uh, Varg uh, was in the band called Burzum. And uh, and he is a session musician uh, on the next studio album by Euronymous, uh, by, by Mayhem. And um, and to coincide with the record's release, Euronymous and Varg plan to blow up the uh, Nidaros Cathedral, which is an over 700-year-old Norwegian church, which they have pictured on the cover of the album. The plan is abandoned, however, and the album release is delayed because Varg murders Euronymous in August 1993. Yeah, that, 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 I mean, you know, somehow I'm wondering if they're, they're going to get some good publicity out of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sold a thousand and six copies, you know, the first day. Right. Yeah, the first pressing sold out in, in hours. Right. No press is bad press, Kevin. Come on, we know this. Right, that's for we sure. Know this. Um, um so yeah so euronymous uh is dead he's not no no i'm sorry (laughs) to clarify dead is dead dead is dead euronymous has died right having been murdered by varg vikerness right he's dead not he's not dead he's not dead because dead is dead yeah dead was dead right they retired the name dead with dead yeah yeah they they hung his jersey up when he was dead (laughs) yeah yeah, they hung his jersey up in in, in helvet (laughs) <laughs> 666 his dead. number he retired his number um so <laughs> that would have been the, the headline dead is dead that is dead <laughs> um so uh varg claims that he'd learned that euronymous planned to torture him to death and film the event uh Var- so varg traveled from bergen norway uh which is you know on the coast there it's about it's a long way it's like 400 miles or 300 miles from uh, Bergen to Oslo to confront Euronymous, um, but claims Euronymous attacked him at his apartment um, during the meeting, in, during a meeting involving a contract, and that he had subsequently stabbed him 23 times in self-defense. Uh, Varg, uh, which who's, who, who goes by the stage name Count Grisnacht, founded the black metal band Burzum in 91. His lyrics and imagery are, are drawn from Norse mythology, if you listen to, uh, I have, uh, years ago and even more recently, um, early Burzum is very black metal, you know? It's, and then he gets into this, like, really drony kind of... He got into this really, like, I don't want to call it Wiccan, because that was, like, it's not... So was it's, this it's the very, shoegaze dark metal period? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's when they went, like, chapter house. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. They got all Catherine weird. <laughs> I'm also wondering, you know, when Euronymous was st- stabbed or fell on a knife 23 times, I mean, like, did he did he say, well, you know, I ha- I mean, he kept coming at me, so I had yeah. to keep stabbing. Yeah, I got to keep stabbing. Because, well, like 16 of the stabs were in the back, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like real self-defense, my man. Like, he really? fell on a knife, you know. 16 times on his back, then he turned over and he fell on it another yeah. seven times. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, something like that. I was all self-defense. All right. I'm sorry. I, I just... It's fine. Um, so, um, <laughs> yeah, Varg sucks. Um, uh, his lyrics and imagery are drawn from Norse mythology, early Burzum and later, and it literally just becomes this really, like, drony, as I've heard, like, Norse folklore kind of stuff. Um, he actually released a couple albums of that stuff while in prison. Um, um, How long was he in prison? Well, he was sentenced to 21 years, but he was in prison. I don't know the exact amount of time. He, he went to prison around 94. He got out in 2009. Oh, so wow. Almost okay. his whole sentence. Yeah. Keep in mind, there's, a vi- there's some videos on... Uh, a, I'm going to re- reiterate, Varg sucks. <laughs> he sucks. Watch some videos. If you like this guy... You suck. <laughs> You're, you need to reevaluate who you are as a human being. Um, he's just lame. And um, he, you, go, you should absolutely go and watch some interviews from Varg from prison. Because his, is, his prison room is as nice as your office here. I mean, this is Norwegian prison. Right, right. This is not... First of all, it's already better than an American prison, I'm I, sure. I would I would love this guy to have gotten thrown into, you know, whatever, like... Rikers or something. Rikers, yeah. into, into some maximum security U.S. prison. That's what this guy deserves. Instead, he got to sit and write neo-Nazi books from his, you know, desk in 
that that in in a, in, a, in a, his own little, little hotel little, room, little hotel room. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, he has no idea what he's talking about. This guy, he, and he, I think that it's easy to kind of like uh, cut him, uh, undercut him because he's just like such a fool. Anyway, uh, obviously, my thoughts about Varric, which have which go back a good, what is it, fifteen plus years here, because I've known about this guy for a long time, have are well formed. Right. You're a fan. A I'm fan. a fan. I'm yeah. a fan. Um, so he, uh, um, uh, so he's a, so so just a little background about Vark. He's a native of Bergen, Norway. Uh, self-proclaimed racist and xenophobe. He hates foreigner, or you know, doesn't. I don't know. He's one of those people who probably doesn't quote unquote hate foreigners, but doesn't want them in his country, right. kind of thing. You know, um, uh, and he's an all-around jerk. He's arrested and convicted for murdering Euronymous, along with uh, the possession of explosives and the burning of four centuries-old Norwegian Christian churches. So this became part of the scene, and they still—it's happened even recently. These these followers of this concept, this whole keep burning down churches, and these churches are magnificent. They're—we talk about you were talking about before in the Peshtigo fire about wood structures. These are wood structures. They're incredible. Look up old Norwegian churches. They're unbelievable. They're masterpieces of art. And they probably didn't burn because Norway is cold and rainy right. and, you know, whatever. Um, they Several have been burned over the last several years, including, I think, one relatively recently, from often from these people who follow this concept of, like, black metal and Norse mythology and all this stuff like that. Because that's what a lot of this sort of became. It became this very nationalistic, but reaching way back in time, nationalism um, and Norse history. Um, so uh, he so he, he is convicted of, of burning four of the churches. He claims he didn't, but he supported the burnings. But whatever. Um, he is released in 2009 and changes his name to Louis Cachet. <laughs> I, I swear to you, I'm not making that up. That's amazing. He goes by Varg every day in his daily life, but uh, sort of like in a, I, I assume just to get, you know, like a credit card or whatever he does in his life, you know, to get like whatever he, however he lives his life, he changed it to that, which I cannot for the life. And there's a reason I'm sure. Right. I just can't for the life of me know why he's Louis Cachet now. <laughs> it's, so, it's so, yeah, you can't write this stuff. Um, he begins, uh, he starts up a YouTube channel and he begins promoting um, esoteric Nazism, which I am not going to go into how to describe uh, that. Of course he became a YouTuber. You're right, seriously. But keep in mind, he's also like supportive of like going back to deep, so he supports Odinism, which he, I think he may have coined the phrase, I'm not sure, which is a pre-Christian Middle Ages, ages um, religious based in, religion sort of based in folklore. Um he openly embraced Nazism, as I said. He basically like is like one of those people who's like, I renounce like you you've got it today in some extremism. I renounce all technology and I'm posting it this on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube, right. <laughs> which I, for which I use the iPhone fifteen to like right. film. And <laughs> I mean it's like and I edit edit on my laptop I, using Adobe whatever. Yeah, we edit it on the laptop <laughs> using yeah, yeah. I mean, oh God, these people are out of their minds. Um, Varg recently, and you know, there's probably some newer information. Um, I haven't really spent a lot of time looking him up recently. He did sort of drop out because YouTube, well, among other reasons, I'm sure YouTube, um, dropped his channel or like, yeah, this is promoting stuff we don't agree with. Um, Odinism, by the way, which, um, is a belief that he describes as encompassing paganism, traditional nationalism, racialism and environmentalism. But you can see how those things kind of like, I mean, the environmentalism thing throws you, right? Because we're environmentalists. We believe in the environment. But, um, but you can, but you can see how this nas like this whole, his whole world is developed into this, like, well, I believe in going back in time. Yeah. And how is that any different than, you know, than the Taliban or blowing up, you know, any of those sorts of people wanting to go back in time where women were like this and men were like this, but, but not actually living it on a day to day basis, except for inconvenience to themselves. I I did. I ordered some merch from his, uh, you know, that I found on his YouTube channel. Barg, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Make, make Norway great again. 
yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's green because yeah. he's an environmentalist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see him protesting out there with Greta. Right. Let's just say that. But you know the pipeline. But he's all. But he'll actually probably he's probably you know protesting like you know. I don't know, like LGBTQ events instead of right. like, hey, maybe we'll save, let's start by saving the world. Then we'll figure out the whole race thing, and, right. you know, and paganism thing. Let's do that. Yes. You know? Yeah, he's kind of a loser. Anyway, um, the, the YouTube channels removed in 2019 due to content. But, and now he is said to be living, I believe in France in a certain province, which is very weird about the nationalist thing. Yeah. He's moved out of his country and he's, so he's an, now he's, he's a, an immigrant. He's an immigrant. Yeah. And, um, but if you're, yeah, I mean, and, and he has a wife and, uh, he, they recently had their seventh child. So, so he's raising a bunch of mini Vargs or. I mean, mini Vargs. Louis, Louis Cachets, whatever. Yeah. It's Louis Cachet Jr. Louis Cachet, Louis Cachet Jr. <laughs> this is Louise Cachet. Right. Louisa. And, and, uh, Louis, uh, Louis Cachet, the second and the third. <laughs> All named right. after him. Louis Varg Cachet. Varg. Right. Um. Yeah, so this is, I mean, there's a lot more to it, and it's really worth uh, exploring more because, A, there's some cool stuff in all of this musically. Um, B, the people, the general concept of a lot of this stuff really kind of sucks. It's very, for the most part, and I'm sure there's exceptions, for the most part, it's pretty exclusionary, pretty, like the Norwegians, like, you, I mean, like there's, it's it, it sort of reeks to me of like um, a privileged uh, set mm, of beliefs. Yeah. Like, oh, I can oh, for sure. do this because, like, I'm going to get hurt and I'm going to go to the hospital where it's going to be not socialized medicine. Right, yes, and... they'll they cover it. You, can, you, you cannot be this type of artist in the United States unless you're independently wealthy. Yeah. Because you can't just keep going to the hospital. No, You'll totally. go bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna, and you're gonna, I can kill this guy because I'm going to go, then I'm just going to get sentenced to a hotel room yeah. for, like, 20 years. Yeah. But that's cool because I'll write a bunch of crap. Right. And that'll be fine for I'll me. I'll sell stuff, you know, have a yeah. YouTube channel. And- yeah, there's really no major threat. To, there's no risk. You know, I mean, there's a risk in the sense that, like, I don't even know. Like, yeah, I guess you could get killed by Varg. You, yeah, you could be the one who ends up dead, I suppose. There's no risk to these to, to no. this kind of jerk, I should say. It's like, you know, I'm just going to go on about it, and the society is going to support me no matter what. And, I, I, and by the way, I agree with a lot of what Norway... I'm not disagreeing with Norway's sort of politics and their social programs. I'm not at all disagreeing with that. What I am disagreeing with is what I am saying is that these guys are wimps. Yes. (laughs) You know, they're not going anywhere hard. They're not living anything hard. Doesn't that seem to, that's like a recurring theme on our shows, right? Yes. We have all, all of these, these people that, that really aren't taking a risk, but kind of play someone who is. Yeah. Yeah. Like I play a risk taker on TV. Yeah. I like yeah. to emulate a soldier, yeah, and claim I'm one, yeah. But I'm really just, you know, a 47 year old out of shape dude with diabetes who, you know, yeah. puts on bought a bunch of stuff on eBay and then comes to the Capitol with my gun and threatens people. Who thinks I deserve my the right. world deserves my opinion because my wife couldn't go to the hairdresser during a pandemic. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. She's driving me crazy. Right. She needs her hair cut. She's got to get her hair cut. Have you seen this woman's hair? It's time. Obama. Right. Not Obama, obviously. But, you yeah, know. It's, it's, it's the, they're like the cosplay cowboys, you know, thing that we talk about all the time. It's, it's total it's, cosplay. I, right. I mean, they get to pretend they're these these guys that are, you know, fearless of all these things and embrace all this terribleness. But yet they're really just coddled and protected in their little, you know. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's very, but it's it, it is. It's like it's it's like um, common people. The pulp song, you know, you're gonna oh, right. you're gonna play in this playground, but ultimately you don't really have that much at stake. Yeah, you went to jail, but you didn't go to a real jail. No, you yeah. went to a Norwegian jail, which is like a hotel room, and so you're and 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 they allow you to write books and make music while you're there. You put out two records. While it's you're not there. like a Chinese prisoner, the Russian gulag yeah, yeah. or whatever. You're you not know, doing so anything serious. No. You, there's not much. You, you don't really have much at stake. He wasn't here. doing like hard time. No, he wasn't doing hard time yeah. no there wasn't much at stake here and even now you know he's got he's got a wife he spouts off his nonsense and and the bummer about it is this 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 is the real bummer about it um there's nothing wrong with uh, like kind of like going on about like hey you know i kind of like um technology's a bit much for me right i don't really want to be a part of it 
I can, I don't, I'm not talking about like crazy style. I'm talking about Dick Pernicky stuff, going up to Alaska in the 50s, 60s and 50s or whatever and living up there off the grid. Like, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. No, that's Don't still... go crazy while you're doing it. Right. Film yourself fishing and think about like nature and living off the land. Don't like all of a sudden turn this into, I hate people whose skin color isn't like mine. Turn it into like, hey man, like I just decided to come do my thing. But but the, the, the ironic thing about it is this whole anti-everything, but I use everything to make money so that I can proclaim that I hate all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I can make money. Yeah. So I can proclaim I hate this stuff. Oh, he's anti-capitalist, <laughs> yeah. of course. And I mean, I mean, I, I mean. Oh, and he hates his fans, right? But but he loves when they buy his stuff. Exactly. So I'm he, that's how out. he survives. Right. Like it's like it's this whole the hypocrisy is unbelievable. So this is the story, and it's and it's just a dipping your toe into the water. I think it's well worth everyone out there digging deeper. And um and going and by the way, if you're if you're kind of a loser already, don't dig any deeper. Go dig like go watch the Tracy Chapman video we talked about a couple. Yeah, exactly. You know, go get into like good things and like fast car at Wembley or whatever. Yeah, but this guy, this guy, this band, this is a very interesting time in music history, and it's it's. Man, you know, I mean, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, and then go, uh, and then, I, I go back and listen to some Aha records. Yeah, you know? I was just gonna say, go back and listen to some uh, synth pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close to me with a cure. I think that I'd oh, recommend that. Man. It's a good one. That great video. Yep, great video. I think um, that would have dead sleeping under a tree. <laughs> yeah, we might. I mean, if you were playing that in the house, you might end up dead. Yeah, it's true. I mean, not dead, but you might end up dead, right? Which is the dead, same dead thing. Like Essentially dead. the same thing. <laughs> you might end up dead like dead. <laughs> this is Help Is Not On The Way with Mark Dustin and Kevin Bauman. We'll see you next time. <laughs>